Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. We are continuing our year-long 2020 theme, Solid. Come on, somebody say, Solid. We are taking the entire year 2022 establish biblical foundations for strong disciples. Let's go ahead and read together. I'm going to have them put it up on the screen so we can all read it in unison. This is our 2020 year-long theme verse. You ready to read it together? Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And come on, this is our year, this is our 2020 slogan. Are you ready? I think maybe by now you might remember it, but if it's your first time, you can take a look. Practicing God's word makes me strong. Come on, let's say it stronger. Practicing God's word makes me strong. This is what we're looking at this entire year. Last Sunday, we started our first monthly theme, our first biblical foundation. We've been talking about sin and salvation. And this month, we're calling it the the rescue, okay? Last week, we started the rescue part one. We talked about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the rescue, God's rescue plan. And today, we're going to do the rescue part two, and we're going to be talking about faith and grace, right? So let's just jump right on into it, and we're going to go to our main scripture today, which is in Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 10. Once you were... All right, let me remind you, when I'm reading a scripture, if I pause, you say it loud. All right, let's try that again. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the Do you know that if you aren't living for him, you're living for somebody? If you're not obeying him, you're obeying somebody. The commander of the powers in the unseen world, He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. The devil, when we live a lifestyle of sin, literally is at work inside of our heart. All of us used to live that way. Can I get an amen? And if you're still living that way, today is your day to stop living that way. Today is your day to be saved. But all of us, rather you've been following Jesus for two minutes Two years, two decades, or for a long, long time, all of us used to live that way. Some of us might not remember when we used to live that way, right? But all of us used to live that way. It says, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. We all used to live that way. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, mercy and he loved us so much that even when, even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's, uh-oh, it's only by God's, Grace. one more time, it is only by God's that you have been saved 
For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we were united or are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to, come on, point to somebody, say, that's you. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace. The incredible wealth of his what? And kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for those, he, uh, uh, for those of us who are united with Christ Jesus. Now, I want us to read the entire next sentence together. Ready? God saved you by his grace when you believed. Come on, let's read it again. God saved you by his grace. He saved you by his grace when you believed. Come on, say faith. When you believed, it's talking about our faith. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Come on, somebody. How many of you are glad for that? Because I know I've tried to do a lot of good things, but it would never amount to enough to be able to outweigh. <laughs> right? We need grace. It's, it's, it's a gift. It's not something we can earn. So none of us can boast about it. Come on, nobody can say I'm saved and I'm a good person, right? It's all because of his grace. And when we find out what grace means here in just a minute, you're going to, I think somebody's going to shout today about this. It's a gift from God. For we are God's masterpiece. His greatest work of art. Man, that speaks so much to me. Because, you know, I took a few days this week to kind of try to rest and relax. And I was near the ocean and far away from any city. And I went outside at night and, like, you could actually, not like Atlanta, you could actually see, like, hundreds of stars. And the water and the green grass and the beautiful trees. And then I saw the mountains recently. And I'm thinking... Wow, God says we are a greater work of art than all of that amazing creation that he made, right? And you know, we are his masterpiece, not only human beings, God created us to be his masterpiece, but when Jesus came and rescued us by his grace, he's now restoring that lost work of art to be the greatest masterpiece in all of history. That's us, those of us that are in Christ. Come on, that's the power of grace. We are his masterpiece. I'm already preaching the message and I can't even get done with the verse. I just get too excited about it. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. How about we pray one more minute just to really prepare our hearts for what he wants to speak to us today. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are speaking through your word today. Thank you that we're not just listening to words that are written in the Bible. Your word is alive. It is active. Your word is actually moving and doing and causing something to happen in our lives. As we receive your word today, thank you that we are changed. We are transformed. We become more and more and more like that masterpiece you are making us to be. Come on, if you want to receive his word today, why don't you say in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So today talk a little bit about this, we could call it a dynamic duo, right? Faith and grace, grace and faith, right? 
Grace can't really work without faith. And faith doesn't really amount to much without grace. Come on, say grace and faith. Faith and grace. You got to have them both. Because I want us to understand today, this could be an exhaustive teaching that could take us the entire year to go through. And I don't pretend to be able to do that today. But what I want to do is give you five thoughts about how grace and faith work together. Come on one more time. Say grace and faith. Faith and grace. The first one is this. And get ready because this might make some of you gasp. All right? I'm sure many of us, I can say that I'm sure I said it. Many of us have probably said it, not understanding what we said. Okay? But let me just start with this thought. If you have your bulletin, you can follow along with a little outline that's there on the inside. There's a few fill-in-the-blanks and places to take notes. I'm telling you all this to pause for just a second because I want you to be ready for this statement, okay? We are not saved by faith. We are not saved by faith. Y'all okay? Let me say it a third time for greater impact. How about we say it together? Some of you are like, I don't even know if I want to say that. I'm not sure that I understand yet. Can you say it with me? We are not saved by faith. That's not true. You may have heard it put that way. But if God depended on my faith to save me, oh boy. Because maybe you're different than I, but my faith is imperfect. Sometimes my faith struggles. Sometimes I found I've got a little unbelief. Sometimes I've found that, boy, I'm doubting. I'm struggling with this faith thing. Not that I don't believe, but sometimes struggling to believe everything God says, right? Am I the only one in the room that sometimes struggles to believe everything God says? Thank you, Lord. For a second there, I thought I was alone in this boat. Come on, let's say it one more time. We are not saved by faith. It's not by faith we're saved. Thank God salvation doesn't depend on your faith and my faith. Are you beginning to see what I'm saying? If it depended on our faith, our, our, my faith is not enough. I knew this was going to be the reaction today. I love it. This is one of my very favorite topics in the Bible. Because if believers, if disciples of Jesus can get a hold of this truth, it truly will transform the way you even look at life in relationship with God. Your salvation 
is yes because of your faith, but it is not your faith that saves you. Faith does not save us. Number two, we're saved by grace. Grace through faith. Saved by grace through faith. And as we get a little further in this word today, I'm serious. Some of you might really want to shout and jump when you begin to understand what grace is. Faith, even though the Spirit of God gives it to us or helps it have us, faith comes from us. Faith is something we do, yes, inspired, yes, in touch, touched by the Holy Spirit. But faith is something we do. On the other hand, grace is something God does. We are not saved by our faith. We are saved by His grace that's activated by our faith. So what then, if... It, let, if, if we're not saved by faith, we're saved by grace, how do they work together? How, what's the dynamic here? Do you want to know what the dynamic is? Who's ready for this dynamic? This is the dynamic of the Christian life. I mean, literally. This is what gets you in, and this is what keeps you there. How many of you want to not only be in, you want to stay? How many of you only want not, don't want to just, I got saved? How many of you want to end up saved? Whoo! I don't want to just be saved today. I want to be saved tomorrow. I want to be saved the day that I've lived my entire long, strong life fulfilling my purpose for the glory of God. I want to get to the end of that day saved. I thought you couldn't lose your salvation. If you'd read your Bible, you'll find out that that's not altogether true. There are examples of the, in the Bible of people walking away from grace, turning away from grace. And if I turn away from the one thing that saves me, where is salvation? See, we're not saved by our belief. Bear with me. The Bible says even the demons believe. But they are surely not in grace. <laughs> Even the demons know who Jesus is and what he did. But they're not saved by grace. See, faith doesn't save us. Faith simply puts us in the position where we can be saved. You can't be saved without faith. But if faith were all there is to it, it wouldn't be enough. Come on, say, I'm saved, I'm saved. by grace, grace. Through, faith. through faith. So how does it work? Number three, this is the dynamic, okay? Faith accesses grace. Faith accesses grace. This ought to be making some folks feel a lot better about their relationship with God today. 
Faith accesses grace. What do I mean by that? If grace is the house, faith is simply the key that gets us through the front door. And see this Christian life, this life of salvation, redemption, healing, deliverance, the life of a disciple of Jesus, the victorious life Jesus has called us to live, the abundant life Jesus came to bring us, the solid rock that we're building our life on, this house, right? This house is a house of grace. But you've got to get in the front door before you can ever live in the house of grace. And the key to get in the front door is? It's faith. It's really just the key. Now, I know we've preached whole sermon series on faith, and we shall do it again because faith is powerful. We did a whole thing last year called faith. Remember? Does. All the things that faith does. Let me tell you the first thing that faith does. Faith opens the door into the life of grace. Faith accesses grace. So, this is where I really want to get down to the nitty-gritty. Are you ready? These statements are not in your outline, but if you want to write some of them down, especially if they uh, really speak to you or help you understand, I encourage you to. So what is grace then? If we're not saved by faith, we're saved by grace. And the way we access grace is through our faith, through our belief in Jesus, which we just read. Okay. How, what, what then actually is grace? Because there's a lot of definitions kind of floating out um, around and especially in the church. They're, they're kind of half-truths, right? Grace, if, you only, if we only kind of halfway understand grace, then we're only probably going to be sort of halfway experiencing the power of it, right? So what is Grace. Let me tell you what it's, what it's not or what it's halfway is, okay? Grace is not just undeserved privilege. Grace is more than just undeserved privilege from God. Although it is definitely undeserved and it is most definitely a privilege. But it's more than that. It's more than just an undeserved privilege from God. Grace is more than just special treatment from God. Although it is special treatment from God. If you're living in grace, you are going to be treated very specially by him. But it's more than that, y'all. Grace is more than just forgiveness. Although it does provide forgiveness. In fact, let me give you an even better word for that. Uh, I think I said this a few weeks ago, but grace, when we first come to the Lord Jesus Christ and we believe in him, we put our faith in him, the Bible does not use the word, what we would commonly think of forgiveness of my sins. Like if, if I, I don't know, I say something ugly to, to, my, to my wife, Liz, and later on I come and I say, I'm sorry for what I said, forgive me for that specific thing, right? Forget, say forgiveness. That's forgiveness, right? Of our sins. But grace doesn't just forgive all of our list of, I did this and I did that and I did the other and that, but, but grace doesn't do that, okay? It's not like God goes, oh, I'll forgive that one and that one and that. No, no, no. The word, the proper word in the Bible 
where it says, when we are saved, we are forgiven of our sin. The, the, the best English word is that God remits our sin. Come on, say remit. Now, some of us in the room are old enough to have still received your electric bill and your, uh, your water bill and all that kind of stuff in the mail, right? How many of you have never received a light bill in the mail, the paper one? Okay, okay, some of you haven't, all right, because a lot of it's now electronic. Most of it is. But back in the olden days, <laughs> 10 years ago still, right, you would receive every month on the dime, right? <laughs> every month your Cobb EMC or Georgia Power or whatever bill, Okay, it would be a piece of paper, and on the bottom of the piece of paper, there would be a perforated line where you would cut it off or tear it off. You would send your check with it, and on that, <clears throat> on that uh, thing you sent in, it says, please return this, right, with your remission. Everybody say remission. remission. Your, sorry, it, it said remittance. Remittance, that's the right word. Please return with your remittance. What was the remittance? The, the check, right? The check was the remittance or money order. Literally, it meant, please return this with what you have sent away from your bank account to us. Right? And the Bible says grace, it's not just, oh, I forgive you. No, 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 no. Grace literally is God taking our sin and sending it away. It's gone. It's not just him, you know, kind of covering it up and acting like it wasn't there. No, 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 no. He takes it and he sends it away. In fact, there are several verses that say that he tosses it into and buries it into the sea of forgetfulness. At the bottom of the ocean, he sends it away. He doesn't even want to see it anymore. See, grace is definitely that. But can you believe it's even more than that? It's more than special privilege. It's more than special treatment. It's more than just forgiveness or remittance of our sins. One more thing. Grace is even more than God. And this is a big one, all right? Grace is even more than just God working on my behalf, okay? Even though by God's grace, he works on our behalf, right? Yes? Grace is more than just God doing something for you. Right? And God's grace definitely moves him to do stuff for us, right? Hello? I mean, the greatest thing grace accomplished was that God did something on our behalf. What was that? He sent Jesus. He, he did something on our behalf that we couldn't accomplish. He, on our behalf, in our place, went to the cross and died our death, right? He tasted death for us so that we don't have to die forever. He had our sins put upon him so they could be remitted. Yes? But could you believe that grace... And, 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 and even the Christian life, I mean, we live with the blessings of God, all the promises in God's word. God is constantly doing stuff on our behalf. Is anybody happy about that? I'm glad God does stuff for me. But did you know grace is even more than all of that? What is it then? Number four. 
Number four and five are both the working definition of grace. But let's start with number four because it comes before five. Grace is, okay, let, let, let me just preface it by this. Grace is more than God working on my behalf, right? Number four, grace is God's power working in and through us. Not just on our behalf, but literally inside of us and through us. The power of God. That's what grace is. And we're about to get to the part where some of you, I know, if you get this today, you're going you're gonna to walk lighter. You're going to live more free. You're going to live happier, more joyful. You're going to live more confident in God and in your relationship with him. You're going to live more confident to truly follow Jesus and obey Jesus and fulfill the calling that he's put in your life. you got to get what grace is. There is one verse in the Bible that best describes grace. And I'm going to read it to you in just a minute. But God's grace is this. It's supernatural ability. An enablement to do something supernatural. It's a supernatural force. In other words, it's an ability that comes from God and not from us. Supernatural ability. It's God being able to do things we're unable to do. But what grace is, is God's enablement on the inside of us and through us. So that we are able to experience and live something supernatural. Starting with this thing called salvation. See, we're saved by grace because salvation is something only God can do. You can't save you. I can't save you. Your mama can't save you. Your best friend can't save you. The Pope can't save you. Your pastor can't save you. El Presidente can't save you. And we love and respect all those people I just said, especially my mama. Hey, mama. <laughs> but humans cannot save from sin. Only God can save from sin. That's why we have to be saved by grace, because grace is God's power, not our own. Grace is supernatural ability. It's God's, get this, it's God's ability working, say, in me. Say it again, in me. Not just on my behalf, not just outside of me, not just doing things for me. No, it's God's ability, God's supernatural ability working in me, inside of me, to accomplish what I naturally cannot It's, get, get this, grace is not primarily an outside force uh, acting on us from the outside. Does that make sense? Grace is an inside force working and acting from the inside out. So what is it? The best biblical definition of grace is Philippians 2.13. 
And yes, there are many other scriptures that talk about grace. But this is the very best working definition of what grace looks like. Okay? This is how it works. Philippians 2.13. And just because I really, really want us to get it today, we're going to read it in one, two, three, four, five translations. Is that okay? Cool? How about we start with the New Living Translation because that happens to be my favorite to read on a daily basis. All right? Philippians 2.13 says, for God, who's working? God is working where? In you, giving you the desire. Wait, wait, who's giving you the desire? And the power to do what pleases him. English Standard Version. For it is God. Okay, we'll do the pause thing and you say the word. All right. For it is God who works in both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Wow. Are you beginning to see? Are you saying that he even gives me the desire to obey him by grace? Yeah. Yeah. And not only the desire, then he gives you the power to obey that desire. That's what grace is. It gets even better. Let's go to the New King James Version, which is the old King James Version, except shall and shalt and all that is will and all that. All right. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So we've got, we've got, we've got the desire and the power. We've got to will and to work. We've got to will and to do, okay? The passion translation. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. And for the full Greek explanation of this verse, we'll read the Amplified. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you. I'm glad it's effective. (laughs) Both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. In other words, number five. Grace is the power to want and do the will of God. Grace is the power to even want to love God. Grace is the power to even want to obey him. Grace is the power to even want to do what he says rather than what you say. Grace is the power that gets the will of God in us rather than us fighting between our will and his. Ooh. The whole new covenant is he will write his laws and instructions on our heart and on our mind. That's called grace. He, listen, you think, oh my goodness, today I just woke up and I really want to love Jesus. Guess what? That's not just you That's God working on the inside of you, producing that feeling and desire. 
One day I just decided I wanted to get saved. No, you didn't. The grace of God by the power of the Holy Spirit had been working with you to bring you to the point where you wanted now to be in relationship with him even though you didn't want to before then. And then the best part is we don't just stay with the want. We don't just want it. It's the same power that makes me want it is the power that helps me do it. The same power at work within me that says, I want to live a life of purity is the very same power that when something perverted is put in front of me on a screen or a billboard or on a stupid magazine in the stupid gas station. (laughs) The very same power that says, I want to be pure is the power that causes me to go. Get thee behind me. Bye. I'm not going to say that. All right. You can try to build it. But if it's not on the foundation of grace, let me tell you what that's called. R E L I G I. Somebody on the how to spell O <laughs> N. Religion, which is the one thing Jesus confronted more than he confronted anything else, is the trying to do without the want. Now, am I saying that we don't have to be intentional and disciplined and committed to obeying the word of God even when we don't feel like it? Yes. That's part of grace too. Part of grace is I don't feel like it, but I do anyway. I feel like, I don't feel like it in my flesh, but my spirit wants it. So I do it, right? See, grace is God putting his very own desires on the inside of me. Did you know you can desire what God desires? You don't have to live your life in this constant battle between what I want and what God wants. Did you know you can come to a point in your relationship with God where it's not even like that anymore? Where it's every day just like, what do you want? I want what you want. I'm not fighting between my will and your will. Not that there won't be temptations and not that there won't be tests. But there truly can come a, a, a place in your relationship with God where you can literally say, I want what God wants. We ain't fighting. Jesus, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and sweated like drops of blood, he broke through that for us. He broke through the between my will and God's will. No, 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 no. Your will. Period. Your will. Grace makes me want what God wants. And then... Helps me do what God wants. 
I don't know if I can repeat it in a different way, but I think we're beginning to get it, right? It's the power to both want and do the will of God, and that makes us solid. If we've been learning that following the teachings of Jesus, obeying the teachings of Jesus, or what builds a solid house is what makes a strong disciple, how, what is the one element that absolutely cannot be missing? Gracia. So how do I access it? How do I live in it? Well, that's faith. Faith is a lot of things. But faith in its infant stage means total trust and abandonment. I don't lean on myself or anyone else, only on Jesus and what he did. And see, Ephesians, what we just read, Ephesians 2 says, you were saved by grace. You were saved by the supernatural power of God, putting both the desire in your heart and then helping you to do it when you believed. When you had faith by grace through faith, faith accesses grace faith gets me through the door faith in jesus plus nothing not faith in jesus plus my church you need your church because we help each other live in grace and we help stir each other's faith up right but not faith in jesus plus what somebody else has done or said or not faith in jesus plus this extra special help method no 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 Grace comes only through reckless, abandoned faith in Jesus and only Jesus plus nothing. Just Jesus. Only Jesus is the giver of grace. So if you put your faith in him plus something else, you're going to have an odd mix there. Only Jesus. Looking to Jesus and to nothing and to no one else, especially not yourself. I find when I look to myself and just try to follow what's in my own heart, I don't end up desiring what God desires or doing what God wants. And today, before we're done, I want to ask you a question, and I'm just going to ask for the next two or three minutes if we could just really focus. Even as I say this, you might want to close your eyes. Sometimes I need to close my eyes so that I can get a better feeling or look of what's going on on the inside of me. I'm just going to ask you a few questions today. And the answer to these questions really is, you know, life and death, victory and defeat. Is everybody taking a look on the inside of your heart right now? Have you accessed God's grace by putting all your faith in Jesus?
Don't just listen to me ask that question. Ask yourself that question today and ask the Holy Spirit to help you answer. Have I accessed God's grace by putting all my faith in Jesus? Have I been born again? Is the power of God evidently at work on the inside of me, changing my heart, changing what I want, changing my desires, and therefore changing my life? If not, today is your day to believe, to put all of your faith in Jesus so you can access His grace. Grace will change your life. There's no such thing as I believed in Him and I think I have the grace of God, but nothing hasn't changed. Nothing has changed. That's not what it looks like. It will produce an evident, visible life change. It won't make you perfect tomorrow or even next year or next decade, but it will produce a definitive change of heart and desires and lifestyle because that's what God does by His grace. Have you accessed His grace by faith in Jesus plus nothing, in Jesus plus no one? And I'm going to make a second call for prayer here in just a minute. But I really want to, first of all, make sure we get to pray with those of you that need to respond to this. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you come to the front unless you want someone to pray with you here in just a minute. Because this is truly an individual and personal decision first. You've got to first decide and receive for yourself. Have you ever truly received God's grace by putting all your faith in Jesus and experienced a life change? Or did you at some point in your life believe and experience God's grace, but along the way you've kind of walked away from God's grace and today you want to come back to God's grace to make sure you're truly saved? Right now with every head bowed and every eye closed because this is personal. I want to know who you are because I'm about to pray a prayer with the whole congregation. But you need to, to do something today. Say, that's me. I'm making a decision today. And I just want to know who you are so that I can know who I'm specifically praying with. If you need to give your life to Jesus or if you need to come back home to Jesus, if you need to put your faith in Him for the first time or if you've walked away and you want to come back if that's you right now if you just lift your hand really quickly because I want to pray with you praise God who else says that's me alright amen who else says that's me thank you Lord come on why don't we all pray this together these aren't magic words you have to mean it with your heart but all together as a family let's pray this Lord Jesus Christ you came to give me grace. Today, I look to you. I believe in you. With all my heart, with an imperfect faith, but it's faith in you and what you did when you came to the cross and 
died in my place. You suffered for me. You died for me to send my sins away. Today, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I turn away from a sinful lifestyle and I turn my heart back to you. Jesus, I receive your grace. I believe you rose from the grave to give me new life. I receive new life today. And I declare, come on, let's declare it. I declare Jesus Christ is my Lord. Come on, Lord, let us stand to our feet. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.